Well, hey everyone, this is Dave DeBow with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, I've got a very experienced real estate entrepreneur, Mr. Scott Zanbergen, all the way from beautiful Georgetown, Ontario. How are you doing today, Scott? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, it's my pleasure as well. And today we're going to be talking about how to double down with duplexes, which I'm very, very curious. I love the, uh, I don't know, I can't remember if that's assonance or alliteration. I can't, my... Go with alliteration. Alliteration. I think you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Doubling down with duplexes. But before we dive into that, Scott, why don't you just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, your background, how you got into this whole crazy world of real estate investing. Sure. Well, I'm an Ontario guy, as you said, Georgetown, which is in the greater Toronto area. So I've been working in corporate life for, you know, 23, 24 years, something like that, working for mostly technology companies. And it wasn't until maybe a little over six years ago where I kind of had a bit of a light bulb moment for me where was, I think, becoming a little bit more in tune with my investments that were, you know, I was making through my employer, RSP contributions and whatnot. And I think it was probably seven years ago or so that I finally made the move to do self-directed investing, right? So that was, you know, getting away from the, you know, tried and true mutual funds, which typically don't do a lot of returns for you. And wanted to take. And I like to call it own. tried and bullshit, but you know, that's... tried and bullshit is another way to put it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm putting it mildly. So I, I think I like a lot of Canadians. You just kind of, when you're in your younger years, maybe you just you don't think as much about that as you possibly should. And then I, I had this light bulb moment. I was just frustrated because I was logging in a lot, you know, to my accounts and realizing that the only growth I was really seeing in the portfolio were the investments that I was putting in, right? So the money I was contributing monthly, quarterly, whatever. And so I kind of had this, uh, this is crazy. So I, I moved all my funds to ETFs and started managing it myself. And that was just the beginning for me because that's where I realized I started educating myself and reading blogs. And, and then I thought, hmm, there's more to this than maybe even I've uncovered. And then so I started, you know, looking into real estate because that was just something that was always on my mind too and always had a bit of a fascination with it. And I think because before the time I turned 40, I bought and sold six houses, like primary residences, right? So, and you see the results of that, right? When you're living in a house three years later. in Toronto. Yeah. In Toronto. Yes. Yeah. 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 And actually... For six of my years, I lived in Vancouver and, and bought two houses and you know did really well on those. And so these were all primary residences. So it just was showing like, wow, look at these big paydays that are happening every few years here with real estate. And so that was in the back of my mind. And I, so I knew there was, something, there was something else there. And then one, one evening, probably in 2012 or 2013, I just started going deep into Google and researching what are people doing with investment properties? Should I buy a vacation property and rent it out short-term rentals? You know, should I get into longer term? And that just got me down this path, right? Reading, watching videos. And then, you know, I think a lot of people have had similar experiences that once you start, it's like, you just can't turn it off. Well, yeah. Similar experiences, probably not. I mean, technology's changed so much, Scott. My, my initial foray into this was, late night infomercials, binders <laughs> and CDs of stuff. That was my initial foray. So yeah, it has changed a little bit. Interesting. I, I want to go off on a tangent, which I warned you we probably would. Um, <laughs> you're a tech guy. So I find this fascinating. It sounds like you're a very analytical kind of person too. Mm-hmm. 
right? Would you consider yourself a detail-focused kind of guy? Yeah, I can yeah. get lost in detail sometimes. Um, <laughs> okay. I like process. I like to be thorough. Absolutely, yes. Sounds like it. I could just pick that up from, <clears throat> from talking with you. So this is what's interesting to me. You come from a tech background. In tech, my understanding is, you know, sexy is trying to be the next founder of the next Facebook, Google, Microsoft, Apple, you name it, Amazon, all these companies, tech companies and online companies that just explode mm-hmm. and go from there. Why or did that ever tempt you? And if so, how did you how did you transition from that focus to, hey, real estate is really where I really want to primarily focus? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, most of my career has been working for big companies, right? We're talking in excess of 8,000 employees in companies of that size. And so I, you know, I, I was working in different roles as product manager, as marketing managers. I rose to a VP level of a product team. And so I think I was a little bit more of the cog in the wheel, corporate guy. And to a certain extent, I still am. But we can, we can go down that path in a bit if we want. But what I was going to say was for... For four of my years in corporate life, I worked for a startup, and that's where I think I saw the the entrepreneurial spirit kind of awaken, if you will, mm-hmm. that, you know, where there's like you trade salary in lieu for some stock and things like that, and you feel a lot more ownership of what you're doing. I was like, I was an early employee in a company that did really well in the long run. And then, so that gave me this motivation, I think, to look for something that I can, you know, take ownership of. And then, but even since then, I've been, you know, five years ago, I joined the company I'm with now. And, you know, I'm still kind of in that corporate, you know, grind, doing my thing, you know, getting the nice T4 income, which makes it, you know, easier to get mortgages and whatnot, which is a key key motivator. Yeah, it's, it's important. But real estate for me, like about six years ago is when I started really going down that path and you know, jumped into it with kind of with both feet and, you know, bought my first three houses in the span of three months, nice. you know, then I think it was just a tipping point for me. And I, I definitely am one of these people that get a little bit obsessed with things. Yeah. And, and that was one, this was one of my obsessions and it has been for that period of time for about six years. Very cool. So how would yeah. you compare and contrast life in the startup business that kind of entrepreneurship, those kind of opportunities with what you're doing with real estate investing. And, you know, without spending too much time on that, but similarities, differences, and why you think real estate for you is better. Yeah. I mean, one thing I learned about being a startup is there's less clarity around roles. First of all, like you do what needs to get done. And everybody that works in that environment has a very scrappy entrepreneurial mindset, right? You just, you get done what needs to get done in a particular day, week, or month. And the other thing I think that has really translated well for me in the real estate world is a lot of testing and learning. So always, always using a learning mindset to try different approaches, different strategies, ways that I write ads to attract tenants to my properties, I'm always, always tweaking and I'm always trying different, different process tweaks, different ways to screen my funnel when people are coming in. I learned that from being in a startup for sure. And it was a book that left an impression on me. It was called The Lean Startup by mm-hmm. Eric Ries, who was the author, and really spoke to that whole, you know, tweak the smallest things, measure, like learn, like what is that doing? And for me, that's now like a good example is the, uh, the way I write ads for, for a rental property. If I put it on Facebook Marketplace or Kijiji, 
I will do things like try, you know, all caps in the first couple letters of the, the ad, then I'll try lowercase. I will try different adjectives. And I'm always seeing what's driving the traffic to the site, right? And so, you know, you know I'm making little notes to myself and, and it's, all, it's all a learning process, right? I think, I think the startup journey really instilled that in me. Nice, nice. Yeah. All right. Now let's, let's dive into the meat of the whole conversation, which is what the heck do you mean by doubling down with duplexes? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about, about your focus when it comes to properties. What's your strategy? Yeah. Why you like that strategy. And yeah, I learned pretty quickly. So my first, first three that I bought were single family homes and that was a little over five years ago. And interestingly enough, today happens to be a day that we sold one of those original five houses, actually our very, very first one that we bought, we sold it today. So that's kind of cool. Five years later, you see, I don't know, in this case, like $189,000 paycheck. So it shows up in your bank account. And so this is the learning, right? Like if I, if I'd known that, 20 years ago that this is the way it works, I would have started a lot earlier. But anyways, three single family homes. And what I learned was that those were easy to set up, easy to manage, but they didn't really cash flow for me, right? Because of the rents you can get and the price of the houses and all that. They were just barely scraping by, but the appreciation killer. So that was awesome. But since then, I had shifted my strategy to buying bungalows. So single family homes that we can convert into a duplex. So we put a legal secondary suite in the basement, which is a pretty common strategy now, certainly in this area around Ontario. And in the last year or so, I bought, I've done five like this now, right? So buying the classic 1955 all brick bungalow, nice thousand or 1100 square foot footprint. And and then, you know, with, you know, we make sure that this, the basement meets the requirements, the ceiling heights are right and, and all of that. And then we go in with the team and we build a nice three bedroom suite down there. And, you know, that typically takes us anywhere between three to four to up to five months, maybe depending on how much work we got to do modernizing the, the top floor. Right. And then we rent it out, get great rents. So in the market that I'm focused on in the last year has been the Niagara region. And, you know, we're seeing rents of about 1700 for the top floor, about 1500 for the bottom floor, right. plus utilities. And so these, these things, after, after they're fully rented, are cash flowing a minimum of a, of a thousand a month and are fairly low maintenance, right? Because we've put the effort into renovating them up to the right standards. We're getting rid of all the galvanized plumbing. We're getting rid of old electrical. We're screwing down the squeaky floors on the top floor, putting a new luxury vinyl plank you know, that kind of stuff. In some cases, we might have to do windows or whatever, right? But the end result is we've got a property that's fairly current now. There's not going to be too many curveballs thrown at us because we generally have to replace the furnace and the AC and, you know, the roof depending on the age. So there's all these things that factor in, but it's not like it's a, a house from 19, you know, 22 that, you know, who knows what's going to happen. We feel pretty good about the workmanship and the quality of what the build is, Right. So the duplex strategy has been working really well for us. And then when the project is done, we do the refinance on it. We pull out some of the cash if we can, because we're doing, you know, the forced depreciation by putting in that suite, by doing some work, we're lifting the value of the house. We get the appraisal done again, and then we're, we're refinancing it. So obviously people are referring to this as the, as the Burr method these days, buy, renovate, rent, refinance, repeat. Right. So that's a, that's a strategy that I love. And I'm just, I've just been rolling with it. So I've got like four, four that are kind of in various phases of, of the construction right now. 
And it seems to be, I've gotten to this point where it's almost like cookie cutter in a way. You kind of know what you're looking for. I know the neighborhood I like. I know the price point I want to buy in. I've got the teams in place. And then we just, we're off to the races. Well, you must have a number of teams in place if you're, if you're doing four of these at one time. So are you, are you at the stage now where you've got your own crews or are you subcontracting? You've got a general contractor. How do you do it? So I've got a general contractor team that I'm working with out in the Niagara region and they've been growing as well, right? So I've probably become one of their bigger clients in the last year or so, and, but I'm not the only one. So that team has been scaling to meet the demand. There's been um, you know, a growing interest in, in that market and there's, there's other investors that are doing similar strategies. There's a lot to go around as I'm, I'm, I'm not worried too much about you know, having to compete with fellow investors because as I keep finding, there's a real lack of good quality rental units in that market. So you know, it's, I think as long as we're delivering the right product, we are always finding good tenants that want to pay the prices that we're asking. So anyways, just to go back to it though, that the contracting team has been great. Like they've just, they've been scaling as well, right? So that they've got, you know, I don't know, at any given time, they might have eight projects that they're working on and they're going from house to house to house, you know, framing one day, drywalling another day, HVAC, whatever, whatever it is. And so they're moving around and, and I'm not very hands-on in that area. I keep in close touch with my general contractor, but I think, you know, you have to have a strong level of trust with who you're working with. And because I've done several now where they've been, you know, home runs, I feel a lot more confident that going forward, I don't, I don't stress over it maybe as much as I did the first few that I did. Very cool. So, um, Scott, are you self-financing all your deals? You're working with investor partners? How do you get above. A bit above. Yep. So I, I've self-financed a lot. So again, going back to having a good corporate job helps that, right? You know, you have annual bonuses and, and all those kinds of things that really helps. And having a strong T4 helps me get financing. I have done a couple of joint ventures now. So I just wrapped up one project, which we just finished the full duplex on. And we, so we have a joint venture on that one, a partner that, that financed it and put in the cash. So I think like a lot of investors, that is the path I will have to go down further now as time goes on for me to continue to scale because, you know, my cash and my financing capabilities are not unlimited. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be a bigger focus for me going forward. So the good news is that is that I've had, you know, several folks in my kind of immediate network or my circle that have, you know, been kind of knocking on my door and interested and want to learn more. So I've been selectively sharing on social media and, and, you know, that creates that creates a little bit of interest, I think, from, from the audience. So I haven't had to tap into the joint ventures too much yet, but that will be my next phase of growth. Very, very cool. Yeah. All right. So um, we're blasting through the interview very, very quickly, as I mentioned. So just as we're kind of wrapping up here, Scott, you've done a lot in a fairly short period of time. You touched on earlier, you wish you had known about this, you would have started 20 years ago. But besides you know, 2020 hindsight, if you were to do things over again, besides starting earlier, what, if anything, would you do differently? Yeah, I think I certainly fell into the trap early on of consuming content, listening to podcasts, reading books, and it definitely falls into the uh, starting earlier thing. But it's, I think once I decided I was going to do it, I still took too long, right before I took that first initial step. I think I just I didn't take that first, you know, action to, you know, get approved and start hunting or whatever. And 
so my advice to people, like I mentor some people informally, younger folks on this now, and I always say like, just, just do it. Like take it, take that first step because I promise you, you know, the world will not set on fire if you try this. Like it's not rocket science. It's not super easy, but it's not rocket science either. There's some sweat equity you're going to put into this, but you just got to do it. Right. Like, and I, and I think that it's for me, when I did not it, not easy. Is that what you agree that's, with? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Right. And so like, that's because like, so now I look back and I, and I look at the past couple of years. I mean, I mean, I'm just like, I feel so confident when my realtor calls me up and says, I got another one. This looks like it's going to meet your model. Nice. I mean, I, I'll put an offer on it without even seeing it. And I feel totally comfortable doing that now. Right. Because yeah. I've learned that way. And so that would be, I just wish I was a little more bold, I think in the earlier years. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Scott, this has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you sharing your, your experience and your journey with us. If people are interested in finding out more about you, what should they do? Well, I think if you want to follow my journey, I tend to put most of my real estate fun on Instagram, which is S. Zanbergen. I guess you can probably put that in the show notes. So on Instagram, you can also connect with me on Facebook, which is just search for my name, Scott Zanbergen. And then I have a website, which is my scottzanbergen.com, where you can reach out and my contact information is all there as well. So yeah, love to talk to people. Always interested to share stories and see how we can work together on various things. So, Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you very much, Scott. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. All right, everybody, take care, and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. We very, very much appreciate it. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations and you can check that out at investorattractiondemo.com take care